0: Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Watch your back, Charlie.
1: Hello, I'm Captain Captain Jingwei the USS I'm Captain Captain Jingwei the USS Voyager. Captain Welcome to the Greatest Generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys, just a little bit embarrassed about having a Star Trek podcast. I'm Adam Pranica.
0: I'm Ben Harrison. How you doing, Adam?
1: Great, I got I got cats in my yard today. What happened with that? I was walking outside toward the studio with my favorite dog Ripley, not expecting to encounter a cat in our backyard. She loved that quite a bit. <laughs> she did that thing where uh, where she she chased it and tried to tree it. Yeah. But this cat, this is a known cat, I should tell you. This is the neighbor's cat. <laughs> She tried to tree it up a wall, and what ended up happening was the smoothness of the wall was such that uh, this cat could not get purchase with its claws. And so, uh, like, jumped, and then slid down, and then jumped, and then slid down again, and then jumped just straight up into some bushes. Oh, man. (laughs) By the time I got Ripley and brought her back inside. Boy, save that little cat's life. That is, uh, that's
0: scary, man.
1: From an afternoon of play, Ripley wouldn't have killed the cat. She just wants to play.
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, you also probably saved Ripley from some like pretty intense cat based facial lacerations, you know?
1: I think that is way more likely. Yeah. Ripley just wants to get in there and lick yeah I don't think the cat wants that
0: Ripley's a little bit of a biter though she's got some she's got some chomp to her.
1: oh these are uh bird dog bites. these are just uh let me let me stick you in my mouth bites
0: yeah yeah she's a gentle biter but uh but an enthusiastic one <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> nothing wrong with little teeth mm <laughs>
0: how are you doing man? I'm okay i <laughs> I was making myself a salad for lunch today. I've been, uh, you know, trying to, trying to live right, eat a, eat a sad desk salad like uh, the rest of you sinners out there. And uh, that was going to be my lunch today. And I was, I was pulling some Worcestershire sauce out of the fridge to make the dressing. And I have a bottle of Worcestershire sauce that's been in my fridge for, you know, a couple of months now. And what has happened to this bottle of Worcestershire sauce is that the label kind of came unadhered to the bottle, but it is somehow adhered to the, the part of the door that it sits in. Mm. So when I pull the bottle out now, what happens is I just pull out the bottle and the label stays there as a little tube. And then when I go to put it back, I try to put the bottle back in the tube. And this has been a lot of fun for me, but I've been thinking a lot about how much... You would never you would never tolerate tube stuck to refrigerator.
1: <laughs> I don't understand why you why you choose to live like this. <laughs> I mean it's not stuck. Things from... sticking to other things that, that they shouldn't be stuck to?
0: Yeah.
1: It's within your power to, to make this right, right? Instead know, of being it... constantly frustrated by a thing.
0: It's not really frustrating to me. It's kind of a fun game. It's like, oh, I get to put the the round peg in the round hole every time.
1: Here's what I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> stickiness relating to food items or containers where that stickiness does not belong.
0: I, I've taken a pretty good look at this, and it does not appear to be a food dribble and mm-hmm. stick on situation. I think it's the adhesive of the... Of the label itself, just sticks better to plastic than it does to glass. It's a glass bottle, and like that, that little bottom bit is has just tacked it on to the shelf in the fridge, and uh, and it's it's left the bottle behind. It's like I like this better than I like that. This is also an
1: affront to my general need to peel a label off of a thing that I'm handling, like a bottle of beer. That label's yeah. as good as dead in my hands. Oh. I'm ripping oh, yeah. that thing right off, or I'm, or I'm like scratching it on both sides.
0: I used to have a, a local uh, when I lived in Brooklyn. It's no longer there. It was called the Brooklyn Ale House. I would go down there usually broke as a joke, so I'd be drinking Miller High Lifes.
1: A of beer.
0: You'd be parading it around, mm-hmm. trying to get some free drinks. <laughs> Yeah, the little, like, upper neck label on a Miller High Life. Love digging my fingernail through that as I'm drinking the beer. This is what I'm saying about this bottle in your fridge. I could
1: never, like, I'm an inveterate uh, label peeler or whatever.
0: Like, so hey, how do you know what the things in your fridge are then? Because if that bottle... Only one thing
1: looks like Worcestershire. Uh, <laughs> I,
0: have, I have more than one, like, brown glass bottle in my fridge i have i have other shit that looks like worcestershire that,
1: that sounds gross <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know got like fancy uh soy sauces probably in there i don't know different different sauces i got a whole a whole bunch of different sauces in there i guess every in
1: every kitchen you know what you have
0: yeah i i think i'd probably make this as the worcestershire bottle if i wasn't sure but it's not one you want to like do a taste test on, you know? You don't want to like hit the Worcestershire straight just to make sure that's what you're pulling out.
1: I bet you ha- you got sauces in the door of your fridge I've never even heard of. <laughs> By brands, both foreign and domestic. <laughs>
0: I swore an oath. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> you swore an oath to great sauce.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: you always have. It's your strongest <laughs> stance,
0: I would say. Oh, yeah. I do not truck with a a mid-sauce at all. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Yeah. Well, anyways, it was just, I ate lunch right before we sat down to record this, and I was just thinking.
1: If you had sad desk lunch, you're going to need
0: another lunch by the time we get to the P1s. (laughs) Uh, Well, do you want to get into uh, the episode so that we can get those P1s over with sooner rather than later, Adam? Oh, yeah.
1: Weird one today. And uh, it's gonna be done in an unusual fashion, Ben. If you remember, at the end of the last episode, the roll landed our runabout on the measure of a man square. Right. Which means you and I need to flip a coin to decide which one of us will vehemently argue either the pro or the con of this episode. This is sort of like a, a forced review as we yeah. go. Like You will either really love this For a bunch of reasons the whole way through I really hate it And I will then take the opposite side Based on this coin flip
0: Yeah, one of us is the Riker The other is the Picard It
1: brings a sense of order and stability To my universe To know that you're still a pompous ass
0: The courtroom is a crucible And if we burn away irrelevances Until we're left with a pure product, the truth
1: When people of good
0: conscience have an honest dispute, we must still sometimes resort to this kind of adversarial system. Hopefully we can make some good law out here. And
1: for good measure, sit on this. What I've got in my hand is the challenge coin from uh, this year's Share Your Embarrassment Tour. Okay.
0: Real fancy. So why don't we say, if it lands heads, I am the pro, and if it lands tails, I am the con. That sounds like a fair way to do it? You flip the coin and, and it determines?
1: That sounds great. Our head side will be uh, Uhura with the fans of the fan dance. That will be the pro side. Right. The tail side will be the name of our tour, the Share Your Embarrassment Tour, and a nice thick relief of the entrepreneur. It's one of
0: my favorite challenge coins that we've ever made.
1: This coin is a thick king. I'm going to do that. I'm at the 50-yard line, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna flip this coin. I'm not looking. I'm gonna do that thing where I, where I put it on the top of my palm and I reveal it to you, and the friends of Desoto at
0: home. Heads. Okay, I am pro. Season seven, episode five. Critical care.
1: Revert course. Unless you've got something a little bigger in your torpedo tubes, I'm not turning around. Well, if you ask me, the thing that needs critical care is the quality of this episode. <laughs> it's
0: on life support from Jump. I really enjoy how much they are doing with their newfound ability to do CGI at the beginning of this episode. Because it's a, a really cool establishing shot of a kind of Star Trek place that we just haven't seen before. It's a sort of a, a modern looking city on a very lightning intensive planet. And uh, a ship coming in over the mountains, and it, it docks at a much bigger ship that kind of looms over the cityscape. Kind of reminded me of uh, Independence Day a little bit.
1: I mean, modern, if, if modern is like refinery chic, <laughs> which is what this seems to be in its skyline a refinery class planet. It's not Paris. <laughs> it's just, you know. No, it's not. It's one of those places where the weather outside is always frightful. Mm. (laughs) Coming in from this weather, we find ourselves in a trauma unit of a field hospital kind of setting.
0: Yeah. There's people getting gurneyed around, and uh, you got the background audio of any ER situation. And uh, this dude walks in, got a lunch pail under his arm. He gets stopped by a light on the wall that starts kind of giving his stats what diseases he may or may not have. We learn that he's a Dralian. His name is Gar.
1: Dralian, 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 I've made you out of loaf. (laughs) (laughs) Got kind of feline loaf aesthetic here, I
0: thought. The more I looked at Mr. Gar... Yeah... It's that line between the nose and the and the top of the upper lip, right, that cats have. I'm thinking of
1: uh, Gina Gershon, you know, that kind of uh, feline lips and face aesthetic. Did you, did you get that?
0: Well, I've already won the argument, Adam. Gina Gershon is a human, not a cat.
1: All right, yeah, I guess that's how that goes. I thought from here, This computer was going to play a pretty main character in this whole thing, in in determining what's what. And when the computer scans Mr. Gar, we learn a little bit about him. He's in great health.
0: You know, uh, he's living right. He's probably eating sad desk salads for lunch also, you know. As
1: neutral as the computer may be about uh, Gar, this administrator of the hospital has grown tired of Gar's entire deal and the shit that he constantly tries to sell him. Gar's like, not this time, you're gonna love this. Let me show you the doctor. And after hitting the hollow emitter, there he is. Oh, hi, Mark.
0: And he is very surprised to be there. (laughs) I love his performance of Please State the Nature of the Medical Emergency. Like, he's had so many runs at saying that, and he finds new ways to do it every time. It's great. But this this is hack, right? Like, let's just cold open an episode
1: with the doctor appearing in a place he's uh, surprised to be at We've seen this a thousand times
0: Come on, Mark is a great performer and he does an amazing job in this moment And what other way are you supposed to open a Star Trek episode if not in media alien trauma center? Yeah
1: After the theme, the doctor recognizes uh, some of the beats of what's happening here You know Folks being wheeled in on gurneys. Bunch of meat on legs. He can't help but get inlo- involved when he sees meat on
0: legs, you know? Meat on legs is a temptation he could never resist. You gonna cure the rest of that, says the doctor? <laughs> he walks right over to a
1: gurney, gets to work, and he cannot believe how primitive these
0: instruments are.
1: He's got to deal with this meat with ease. This is terrible.
0: My God, what is this, the Dark Ages? I love the callback to Star Trek IV, you know, the uh, the Federation doctor horrified at at the primitive quality of care. When you've been programmed with a Hippocratic Oath, Ben, you have to get it on. (laughs) At that point, what's the difference? Why leave a living witness? Yeah.
1: He kind of does this to the astonishment of the people around him. And this is going to be a theme for him uh, for quite a while.
0: Yeah, I thought it was interesting the way uh, Administrator Chelik kind of is at at first a little skeptical of the utility of Doctor Mark, but then is willing to just kind of let him go sick for a while and see what happens.
1: Gotta say, man, I know I'm supposed to hate this episode, but I I'm gonna say that I love Larry Drake. I guess face really fills the frame. You know what I'm saying?
0: You know, I thought for a second it was the same actor that played Leon Rippy. Yeah. Just had like put on a ton of weight.
1: You know what? That's a great call. Yeah.
0: He does a bit look like a guy who would enjoy drinking a martini while watching the TV. Well, I might just
1: get to like this place. Yeah, he does look like a Rippy. <laughs>
0: One of the greats. They said, get me a Rippy type.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just a totally believable portrayal of an administrator in a bullshit situation. Yeah. He really nails it. Absolutely. Back on Voyager, we find Paris and Kim walking through the corridors wearing Missy Elliott's costume from Supa Dupa Fly. <laughs>
0: you play hockey, you've got to expect a few lumps.
1: And this, I know, is a recurring theme. The whole, what are Paris and Kim going to be walking out of the the holodeck wearing this time? I want more of this. I want it every other episode. What are
0: they going to wear this episode? Something crazy. That would be great. I was really curious about whether there were actual hockey pads under their sweaters or just you know foam kind <laughs> of shaped to to fill it out cuz the way they're moving it doesn't quite read the way hockey pads do yeah i played hockey for years i i know what to look for and this was not quite what i was expecting
1: <laughs> i really appreciate the choice in colors for these uniforms like you ever watch a major league baseball game where they do that Seattle used to do this, the Back to the Future night, where they wear futuristic uniforms. Oh! Except their version of the futuristic uniforms are the most (laughs) god-awful uniforms you've ever
0: seen. Like, ugly future. The sports sunglasses of the future.
1: That's what these hockey uniforms look
0: like. They look like
1: those baseball uniforms to me. Just yeah really awful color combinations
0: awful color combinations like totally ass textures on the fabric yeah and you know like the piping around the the yokes on the sweaters is like flattened out because the material they chose doesn't doesn't round off nicely speaking of piping harry kim has a black eye
1: and they are talking about what they're going to say to the doctor yeah. when they go to Six Bay. And once they're in there... He
0: ran into Tonya Harding's boyfriend in the, yeah. in the
1: holodeck. Harris does that thing, that Eddie Haskell thing, where he tries to explain what's happened here, and that something's just not right with this doctor. Yeah. He doesn't need all this explanation.
0: Please take an analgesic and return in 24 hours.
1: I think if this was a season... Two episode they might just leave the doctor as is I think there's a fair amount of people on Voyager who would be just fine <laughs> with this being their doctor from now on.
0: I mean he just keeps asking what the medical emergency is right like he doesn't actually he doesn't actually have doctor skills right I thought he did. I guess you don't see him try and fail
1: because we cut right over to the conference room after this where they're like Mid-meeting. Yeah. And the whole senior
0: staff's there talking about what to do about this problem. In Media McLaughlin Group. Issue one. They are discussing how it is even possible that their doctor got stolen and they didn't realize it for a long time. Tubak is like quadboxing his apology before he even really has an acknowledgement of how he fucked up. I take full responsibility. He doesn't really know what he did yet. And he's trying to get out from under the, you know, like, Janeway's not interested in playing the blame game. But also, you should know how this happens, Tuvok. There's a couple
1: schools of thought here by the characters, right? Tuvok's ready to admit the mistake and try better next time.
0: Mm-hmm. He's taking a step back. He's listening.
1: There are other people who are, like, doing that thing where when you make a mistake or or someone gets one up on you, you, you make the one-upper into someone great, like, boy, to get one over on us means this guy's a real smooth criminal, right? Like, (laughs) gotta be one of the best. (laughs) He's gotta be good to have taken the doctor right out from under our noses. Nothing but respect for
0: my thievery king.
1: Exactly. i probably fall into that category more than two bucks.
0: I, I fall more into the Neelix category because he runs after the captain in the hallway and he's like, I just want to make sure you understand that this is actually my fault. Of course, it's locked in. Listen to me very carefully because I'm only going to say this once. Do
1: it. I love Janeway's whole management deal here because there's Neelix just like kissing the fucking boot about this. And Janeway knows from a long history of working with both Neelix and everyone else as captain that no one's going to work harder to fix a mistake than the one who caused it. So she's more than happy to let Neelix take the blame for this. (laughs)
0: What she's got here is a
1: motivated person.
0: There's a loose blame grenade rolling around (laughs) on the floor. If if you want to jump on it, be my guest, Neelix. I'm sure you'll make the most of it. Pretty great. So uh, yeah, she she gives him basically carte blanche to figure out how to atone for this grave error that like the, the error is that Gar claimed to be not enjoying his food. So he really spiced the shit out of it. And then Gar got sick and spent the night in Six Bay. And that's how he got onto the existence of the EMH and the mobile emitter and got the idea for stealing it. And so Neelix is a... You know, the restaurateur that put someone in the hospital, which I can understand making you feel bad. It's a tough job to cook
1: for every type of person. Yeah. Still, I can't marshal any sympathy for him. (laughs) None at all.
0: He's great. Come on. Uh, (laughs) So we cut back to this planet. We get another look at this hospital ship that kind of hangs in the air over the city. You're just... You're in those buildings down below hoping to fuck that Chellix people really have their anti-grav thing figured out a hundred percent.
1: Boy, you're not kidding about that. I would not sleep well under the shadow of that thing. No.
0: <laughs> and so uh, we cut back up and the, the doc is providing treatment and uh, this med tech guy that he's been working with is... Is pretty impressed with his skills of a doctor. And the doctor is kind of interpreting the low-resources nature of where he's been stationed as being an indication that this is a low-resource planet and, uh, you know, the whole hospital must be like this. This guy,
1: Voji seems pretty plugged in, and he's a great person to get the lay of the land from. It seems like, as bad as the patients have it, on this floor like the administrative hellscape that they have to deal with as doctors is is somehow worse
0: yeah which i think uh the the medical professionals that i know will tend to agree with that being just the case on our planet as well
1: you'll have to submit a formal request to Chalic and support it form form 83w in triplicate we gotta meet tebus the patient we're made to feel sorry for yeah, He's a non-player character in my mind who has a, a weird infection that Voji recognizes. But Voji doesn't treat it as an emergency or like snap into action or whatever. And that's because Tebis doesn't have the TC that would uh, necessitate treatment.
0: You got an HMO, right? Yeah. Well, there's your answer.
1: And Chelik pops in to say in this very moment, at the moment where we might have a question about what TC is that he owns the DAC now. I own you. Yeah, says Chelik. Please come with me. I will not. The DAC doesn't want to play ball here. Chelik's like, hey, don't blame me. (laughs) Blame the allocator.
0: Yeah, the allocator is that computer we heard from earlier. Right. The Denali are is the name of the people that live on this planet, but Chelik is from another species, and they've been like hired in by the Denali to run this hospital. Between Chelik and the administrator, uh, that's, that's where all the power lies within the hospital ship.
1: Yeah. God, there's just so many layers to this. Yeah, Like yeah. red and blue. <laughs> <laughs> we take the turbo lift up to the blue level and uh, the differences are very apparent, Ben. Uh, the blue level is clean and the red level is not
0: I really liked the there were subtle things about the design of the blue level that made it look like a federation starship mm-hmm. I mean not some some subtle some not so subtle I think that the just the lighting is a very you know starfleet ship of this era but yeah it sort of feels like we're back in civilization when we get up here you know it's not as crowded uh it's quiet there's like Mood music. <laughs> there's still no
1: fucking privacy though.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's curtains.
1: They got curtains. They should have done something with, uh, with the gowns. Like on red level, those things don't, uh, don't tie in the back at all. You're yeah. hanging butt on the red level. <laughs> on the blue level, you get to wear a nice robe. Something that yeah. maybe has never been worn before. Mm. New garment, real soft. A waffle knit, oh yeah,
0: hotel robe.
1: I've never had waffle knit anything.
0: Is that really the superior knit? I like it on a robe. I have my my bathrobe, a lovely gift that I received from my wife is a waffle knit robe, very luxurious. Do you have waffle knit towels? No, I've always wanted them, but they don't ever get good reviews. You know, when you go on like Wirecutter or whatever, and you say, "What are the best towels?"
1: What's the difference then? Like the best of the thing that makes robe should also make best towel, right?
0: Well, this robe has like the terry cloth texture on the inside. Does your robe have a liner? Yeah, I guess it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's like, it's two ply, you know? There's like the waffle and then the the terry and they sewed them together.
1: I don't understand this garment at all.
0: You you should get into fancy robe lifestyle. Like, you, I don't. You spend a lot of time poolside, yeah. enjoying the pleasant weather. I do. You got to get yourself like a nice Japanese robe or something.
1: I could get into that lifestyle for sure.
0: Yeah. You live in the West Village. There's probably a store dedicated to like fancy pool wear that, you know, That would set you up perfectly.
1: I should do that. And all that stuff's probably on deep, deep discount in December.
0: Yeah, exactly. Put myself in there. This is the time. (laughs) Peruse the clearance racks. Yeah. Get yourself a Speedo and a robe. Mm. That's a look, baby.
1: That's how I want to go through the winter in L.A. (laughs) <laughs> ben, TC means treatment coefficient.
0: Yeah. Has this little knob on the front so you don't wreck your shirt or hurt your hand.
1: And this is important because everyone on level blue has a higher TC than the patients on level red. And, and treatment coefficient roughly means like certain uh, professions or skills or accomplishments mean more to a society. So these folks are viewed as more necessary and thus get better care to continue those Miriam contributions to society. Right. Unlike those dirty, dirty level red
0: folks <laughs> who don't contribute shit.
1: Uh, let's hope extraterrestrials qualify for Medicaid.
0: It'd be like if triage included a check of your you know, medical insurance if you went into a contemporary hospital.
1: Mm. Yeah. Hey, just at the moment you're trying to process this, there's there's Gregory Itzen. (laughs) Just perfect moment to introduce Gregory Itzen. Yeah. One of the greats. Are you in
0: charge of what passes for care on level red? Because those people are suffering. Intriguing technology. He is playing Dr. Dysek in this episode. Can I tell you that if you go to Gregory
1: Itzen's Wikipedia page, you will see one of the worst photos of all time.
0: Oh, really? Is it? uh... He
1: got did so dirty. I don't know who
0: gets to decide what photo goes on your Wikipedia page, but what the fuck is this? If it's any worse than the one on his IMDb. Oh, man. (laughs) Check out the one on his IMDb. I think it might be even money for which one is worse.
1: (laughs) Who is Gregory Itzen's agent? (laughs)
0: <laughs> this is You gotta get Oh, yeah, this is no good No good Hey, Gregory Itzen has the same birthday As my dad and Hitler Wonderful <laughs> Good for him Well, anyways, yeah, he is sort of The uh, head doctor On this planet He's not running the hospital from an administrative standpoint But he does Sort of oversee uh, the medical stuff. He sort of explains to Mark, like, "Oh yeah, we were we were a dying race. You know, everything was uh, falling apart here on this planet before uh, Mr. Celic here came and uh, set up his hospital. They figured everything out for us. Like this, this really solved the situation."
1: I just got totally pulled into Gregory Yitzon's IMDb page.
0: Just, okay, Just should we take 5 and you can read up a little bit more on Gregory Yitzon It's
1: just 30 miles long. And it really <laughs>
0: makes you forgive
1: the the photo they choose up top. Like with a resume like this, maybe you don't need a great photo? Oh yeah. Incredible. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it.
0: So on the Voyager, they're looking high and low for Gar and Gar is the guy who sold Mark to Chelik earlier and the guy that got all sick off of Neelix cooking and uh, they're, they're following his warp trail and the warp trail goes cold. They, they find a phony baloney warning blois floating in space. It's emitting a false warp signature.
1: And everyone who isn't Tuvok is like, see, oh, this guy's good.
0: <laughs> Worthy fucking adversary. <laughs>
1: I see he stole a lot of valuable things. He didn't steal my mop.
0: Seems like they could use a mop like this on the red level on that, that hospital ship. I know I'm not supposed to know about that yet in the course of the episode, but I know... A lot
1: of body fluids need mopping (laughs) on the red level.
0: (laughs) However, they are keeping it pretty clean up on blue level. Carpeted floor up there, so they got to. Nifty
1: bit of business that Tuvok suggests here. He's like, look, he's got iridium, this gar guy, and we know... That, that there's a half-life to this, it's fairly short. So if he's if he's looking to to pedal this somewhere, he's gonna do it in a place close enough that it wouldn't have expired. Right. So they find a planet that's two hours away. This has got to be the spot.
0: That's where they that go. Local iridium hookup. Yeah. It's a mining operation. They pull in and they get this guy up on FaceTime and He's is pre-pissed and wants his iridium back. Turns out Gar's been grifting people left and right. I don't know
1: how often this ever happens to anyone else but Janeway. But like, you get on the phone with someone and they're just pissed immediately. <laughs> Janeway's so used to this because she's like, hey, we both have something to be pissed about. You, clearly, very pissed. Why don't we work together? You can get your iridium back, and and we can get Gar. Gar's got our doctor. There's coffee in that similar experience. Maybe we can help each other. And this guy decides to play ball. He's like, what else am I going to do? Just be pissed? Enemy
0: of Gar is my friend.
1: Here's what I got to tell you. Go to Velos. Yeah. That's where you should look for him.
0: So Velos is the next stop, and we cut back to... The hospital where uh, Mark is learning about how patients on level blue are getting optional treatments, treatments that uh, that are just there to uh, prolong their life, that they don't actually need urgently, using drugs that are being denied to the poor people down below, Adam.
1: But you hear the description of this stuff and how, like, unnecessary it is? It's only necessary for, like, Life extension, this is adrenochrome, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I think they say that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We got a bunch of kids in the basement here.
1: Yeah, just grinding them up, extruding a bunch of adrenochrome.
0: The the richest guy on our planet found out about this, believed it. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, that turns out to be how we set our society up for uh, the rest of history.
1: The doc observed something very useful about this whole transaction. The nurse asks the computer for a drug. The computer scans who the patient is and goes, oh yeah, this guy can get some adrenochrome. And this thing gets vended out.
0: Gives him an idea, doesn't it? It does. Uh, so there's that, uh, that boy down below on red level. You're talking about Tebis. Tebis.
1: I... <laughs> that sounds like such a Scrabble word. Like, what are you going to do, Ben? Challenge me? Yeah. 27.
0: Well, Tebis. here's how I know that that challenge would work is that it kept autocorrecting to tennis. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a T-E double letter I-S, you know?
1: So many alien names are just regular vocabulary words said with a stuffed up nose. That's how you write Star Trek characters It sure is With a sinus infection
0: So Mark gets this idea like Oh man, we could be distributing these optional ass drugs Down on red level
1: Yeah, where they're really necessary I mean, because that's a version of Life Extension too, right?
0: Indeed it is, Adam (laughs) He's got this idea like Oh, what if we uh, I mean, this kid is tragically low T, <laughs> what can we do to kind of juice that up? Like, buy something at the checkout area of a gas station to help? But he comes up with, what if we load some extra information about him into the database? And he tries <laughs> to trick the computer into thinking that Tebis has, like, skills and uh, aptitudes that he does not, in fact, have.
1: Yeah, but Vogi is such a fucking dope. He's like, a uh, computer. Did you know that Tebus is good at books? <laughs> <laughs> like, his
0: zhuzhing up of
1: the file is so stupid. Yeah. You got to do better than that,
0: Voji? The allocator can read right through Vogi's bullshit.
1: Yeah. I feel like the doctor watches this happen and is like, Vogi's not the guy. <laughs> And when you think more broadly about, like, how the society is structured, like, if you're on red level and you don't have the TC to get, you know, up to blue level, wouldn't that also presuppose that the doctors on red level aren't their best, aren't their smartest? They did not send
0: their best to red level.
1: No. You can only work on a red if you are a red.
0: (laughs) Did did you get the sense that Boji is actually a doctor or is he a, a tech or a nurse or something? That part
1: is a little squishy to me, but I feel like he's the best that they have. Yeah. He's either a doctor or a or doctor de facto.
0: Yeah, cuz my general practitioner is I believe a PA and this is something that my wife, a production assistant doesn't believe should qualify him to be my medical practitioner. Go on i I don't know what the difference, like it seems like your doctor is a Pennsylvania <laughs> <laughs> a physician's assistant. he's uh-huh. like he can prescribe, he can provide, he can do the whole thing. that's what you want, yeah, he just doesn't have an m d he has like a different qualification that isn't as murderously difficult to get. Is
1: there something about your level of care that your wife has taken overage with?
0: I don't know i my level of care being bad is mostly about me not wanting to go to the doctor that much.
1: <laughs> well, there's your problem. <laughs> so, Voji's amendment doesn't work, and here's what I want to say about Tebis. He seems really happy with his condition, and I was very curious about this choice in making Tebis so optimistic and cool, given he's about to die. and could be in some pain about that. Like, it's weird when the the sick person is more okay with things than the doctor. There's this, like, reversal in this scene that kind of clanged for me.
0: Well, I think that Tebis weirdly, like, believes in the rules of his society Mm -hmm. despite how obviously they are fucking him over and the MH doesn't. The MH has been dropped into this situation not believing in the way they have set this society up at all and, you know, openly going around criticizing it. But, you know, I I feel like that's kind of a realistic thing. Like, you see all the time, like, the news report, like, isn't this sweet this, like, little girl is selling lemonade to raise money for her dad's cancer treatments? And, (laughs) you know, and then people, quote, tweet it and go, no, this is not sweet. This is evidence of how fucking screwed up our society is, you know? Yeah. But like I don't think that the person writing the isn't this sweet article is writing it in bad faith. They just aren't taking enough of a step back and considering the implications. It is about the implications, isn't it? Maybe they're writing it in bad faith. I mean <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't know what anyone's up to anymore. Back on level blue, what they're up
1: to there is uh, the doctor challenging a nurse about that extra cytoglobin.
0: I feel kind of bad for this nurse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she seems caught up in some bullshit that she couldn't understand. She wouldn't understand. She,
0: she shouldn't, shouldn't understand.
1: <laughs> understand. I don't understand. Maybe the thing I hate most about her situation is that she's made to take all this shit from the new guy on day one. Oh, She's been there forever she
0: has seniority just because this guy has an md and she just has an rn he can fucking walk in and treat her like she's scum
1: yeah i don't like her situation at all
0: yeah he's trying to get this adrenochrome injection yeah for the kid and so what he does is he goes you gave this blue level patient their extra adrenochrome right and she's like, uh, what? I didn't hear about. And he's like, "Uh, oh, I have to do everything myself. And he gets the computer to replicate it. And then when nobody's looking, he palms it and runs right back to the elevator and goes down to red level.
1: And there we see the doc make his way to Tebis. And in goes the injection. And the camera pans up to a really happy doctor.
0: There's nothing more thrilling than nailing an insurance company.
1: I tell you what, if I were... In a hospital In a hospital bed <laughs> And I had just woken up To the face of my doctor And my doctor was making this face I'd be terrified <laughs> yeah. Like you want the consistent Good care of a, of a trained Medical professional But I also very rarely want any Emotion out of that same person
0: I, <laughs> I'm gonna take The other side of this Not just because I have to but because I believe it, Adam. Uh If I saw a look of smug satisfaction in my care provider every time they injected me with something, like, yeah, I just did the right thing, even though everybody around me thinks it's the wrong thing, (laughs) that's that's only giving me more confidence in the care I'm receiving.
1: I don't want a doctor near me who is doing something that everyone else tells him is wrong. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe your wife's on to something about your <laughs> medical
0: choices. Well, I've got to get that platinum. No. No. Are you selling a heist Gold.
1: You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name and not a giant social media company's name with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great, because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24x7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's Squarespace.com. The code is scarves. Think it. Dream it. Make it with Squarespace.
0: Boy, do I love a Microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm, uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to Microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order microdosing is a technique i use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week and uh, i just love it because you can really predict what is going to happen and to what degree it is going to happen because these are very low dose cannabis gummies that uh, give you an entry-level dose that help you feel just the right amount of good and they've been super loyal as sponsors to Greatest Trek and Greatest Gen, so I hope you will give them a try. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast secretly incredibly fascinating find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app and at maximumfun.org do, do, it. do it do it do it do
1: it
0: We get a parade of guys who got swindled by Gar Mm -hmm. on the screen of the Voyager. Some of the rattiest loaf we've ever seen (laughs) in Star Trek. You know, there's the one guy, and then there's the next guy, and then there's the next guy's ex-wife who left him for Gar and would love to imagine that, you know, Gar basically cucked this guy, took his wife with him like so much iridium and now the wife is convinced that Janeway is trying to move in on her action with Gar and Janeway has a tough time explaining that she has no romantic interest in Gar without sort of insulting this woman. So she claims to be already set up with somebody and she reaches out of frame and you're you're just like, oh, this is Chicote's moment. This is where it happens for him. And we cut to the wide shot, and she is grabbing Tuvok's hand. What? I believe it moved. (laughs) Great moment. Dakota's just sitting back in in his chair. Box of Dixon Ticonderoga's (laughs) taking them out one by one.
1: Loved having a Jim O'Hare sighting in this parade. Of victims, that's fun.
0: I should have known it was a mistake, but well you see, I have never been able to say no to my wife. Yeah, it was
1: (laughs) it was a good parade. The wife sucks though. I don't like the way she talked about her husband. She's like, wouldn't you leave that tub of shit if you were me? (laughs) It's really unkind.
0: Yeah. She did not marry him for the right reasons, it, it sort of seems. You know? you know
1: what? You know what I think about when I, when I think of that husband? Hmm. How much better his life is going to get now?
0: Right. She's holding him
1: back. She's holding him back from happiness.
0: He'll see it soon. This is short-term pain that's going to lead to long-term gain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's going to get back out there.
0: He's going to meet someone new. Yeah. He's going to, you know, he's not, he's not even going to, like, think about Gar. Going forward.
1: Yeah. Back on the doctor's planet. Tebis wakes up feeling great. And the doc is still standing at the bedside, grinning like a fool. And then Tebis goes from, oh, I feel great, to, oh, no, you're in big trouble, aren't you, doc?
0: Yeah, he's fucking stressed.
1: Doc's like, no. No, we just uh, worked up your your TCs through the roof right now, Tebis. It's going to do wonders for your whole life. And Tevis is like, well, that's cool for me, but what about everyone else on on level red? Can you do the
0: same for them? Another look of smug satisfaction. Yeah. I did not know how to interpret this in this moment in the episode. I was like, is he smugly satisfied that he's like, no, I don't care about them because Tevis demonstrated... Merit and potential and therefore I'm willing to save his life, but I don't really care that much. I, w- I kept wondering over the course of this episode whether the Prime Directive supersedes the Hippocratic Oath or vice versa for the mm. Doctor. Yeah. I sort of wish that they'd addressed that directly, but...
1: Yeah, they had the tension of that for sure.
0: But I love the reveal that this look of smug satisfaction is that the doctor has a big plan to start smuggling drugs down from blue level to red level that he's just not letting on about yet.
1: You remember the uh, the take it to the limit montage from Scarface where they're like counting the money, mm-hmm. piling the coke and all that? This montage is almost exactly like that, except the doctor is just keistering these vials. Just one after the other. What are you doing?
0: Yeah. Trying to get you the proper medication. He prints up a bunch of bumper stickers and T-shirts that say reallocation is not a crime. Yeah. And uh, they get to work. Yeah. And they start taking agrinochrome around and just injecting it willy nilly. God.
1: I mean, Voji's like, I don't want to be a part of this. And then Tebus is like, I do. And as soon as Tebus does, Voji's like, all right, let me in there. <laughs> <laughs> come on give me some of those miles yeah from now on free health care for everybody
0: this has got to be what it's like for chet and colin hanks you know like when tom hanks is like hitting the adrenochrome hard <laughs> and and they're like you know like when they've got a, a really furious game of ping pong in the basement of
1: comet ping pong
0: yeah yeah and and uh you know Seem you know, Chet's, like, not really into it at first, but when he sees that Colin's going for it, he's like, all right, come on, I'll get some adrenochrome, too. Yeah, got to. Got to
1: when it's flying around. Yeah. You think Chet and Colin get along?
0: I mean, do all siblings get along? I don't know. They just seem so different. I just feel like Colin Hanks is like, let's do, uh, I don't know, like, bow tie summer. And... And Chet's like, I got a way better idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah, really something to think about.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: What a thing to think about. (laughs) Back on Level Blue, you couldn't have expected this con to go on for long. Greg Itzen figures it out pretty fast and confronts the doctor about all these unnecessary injections suddenly flying out of the computer. And this is a great scene. For anyone who works at a company, because the doctor patiently explains how accounting rules for departments at companies work. Yeah. You got to use it all. Or you got to use even more than all of it, or else next
0: fiscal year, you're going to get fucked. I'll admit to some light embezzlement on this program, Adam. This better be at a previous company. <laughs> <laughs> when i was the president of the comedy magazine in college mm-hmm. it worked like that we yeah. we got money from like the student activities committee or whatever and if you didn't use your budget they cut your budget the next year but if you used it all you got 10 percent more the next year it's so fucking stupid
1: it's so fucking stupid our entire economic system <laughs> is based on growth for all time higher budget for all time
0: yeah yeah
1: God, what are we doing
0: our hack for uh, for this was take the remainder of the budget at the end of the fiscal year down to a liquor store that did not give itemized receipts. There you go. And uh, throw a big party.
1: <laughs> well, at least that's a positive to come from this.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of what they're doing. They're throwing a party for Red Level to uh, pad out Blue Level's budget. And Dr. Itzen loves this idea.
1: I love... Oh, I can't love it. Shit. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> Shut it down. Hey, Adam, you tell me the thing and I will love it for you. <laughs> I will hold that love and carry it through.
1: Here's the thing about the the it's in confrontation. He seems to get it. Like, he seems to be down with what's happening. Back on Level Red, things are looking livelier than ever. Like... Like that, those first couple of scenes, people are laying in the halls, on the floor, even, and now people are up and moving around, and that's good, right?
0: It's great. It's good direction. You know, like the mise-en-scene of these shots has totally changed, and even though they're not lit differently, they feel really different. There's a performance
1: characteristic to the actor who plays Tebus, Dublin James, that, uh, that I'm going to call Wheatening. <laughs> because uh when Will Wheaton was brought to lower decks to play a younger version of himself he famously did like wet mouth acting to sound more childlike and i feel like dublin james is kind of affecting his voice in that same way to sound like a sick kid he's like 30
0: yeah dublin james is is his first and middle name but i think that's what he goes by professionally oh yeah Last name Walberg. What? Yeah. Get out of town with this. I'm not kidding. His real name is Dublin James Walberg.
1: I'd change my name too, I guess. Yeah. How strange is that? (laughs) Huh. Weird. Yeah. I couldn't help but have the spell broken a little bit by like this quote unquote kid Hmm. feeling better again. But no,
0: he doesn't want to be discharged. That would mean going back to work the refinery with dad. Do you think that Dublin James ever considered endorsing a male growth supplement and going by Dublin Jimmy mm. instead of Dublin James? I don't know. Maybe. I think you should give some thought to that <laughs> if he's listening. <laughs> I think that would be a fun bit. Coffee. Drink. Black. Coffee. Black. Make it. Make it
1: yourself Tebis is sort of sickness edging here he's like look what if you'd made me just sick enough to stay but not like real sick you know like sick enough to where you you can't send me home right that way i can stay i can learn to do medicine shit with my friends and (laughs) and and (laughs) voji and like learn from the best learn from dr mark
0: That's good, right? It does seem good. It does seem way better than the manual labor that he would be doing otherwise. What's the
1: worst part of working at the refinery? Is it the manual labor or is it dad? I could have used a little more detail. (laughs) Because that description, it's pretty short. But he didn't have to say working with his dad if it wasn't kind of
0: the worst part, right? Let's just assume that uh, his relationship with his dad is very much like the one that you are projecting onto it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Back on Voyager, they found Gar's ship and they drop out a warp right on top of it. I love this moment. In an episode I hated and it sucked, but this moment was fun to me. It zooms right up on it and blam, like
0: hits it with the tractor beam. Why don't they do this all the time? It's a great moment for Chakotay in particular. It was his idea. Mm. And like, he gets like an attaboy from the captain for it being such a clever way of playing it. Yeah. It, it feels like Voyager can do stuff faster than the D can. Like, there's so many times where the D was like, put a tractor on him. Like, gotcha, captain. Let me do that. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> And then the tractor goes, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Three cords and a tractor beam. That's how the D worked.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they've nailed him, and Gar gets on screen totally smug for a guy whose ship has just been lassoed for all intents and purposes.
1: I thought we were friends, Captain. Why am I being treated this way? I think I deserve better. I gotta say, kind of like Gar. (laughs) Your team Gar liking the bad guy is part of the coin flip for me.
0: Okay, <laughs> Gar's cool.
1: <laughs> Look at
0: that cat face. And I dance, 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 dance. Oh, I hate him! I hate him so much. He's uh, he's trying to upset the the tractor beam, but Harry Kim's on that shit. He's not going to let him get away with that.
1: Yeah, Gar's got that confidence of a guy who knows he's going to get out of this jam, but he doesn't. He's transported to the brig directly.
0: We cut back to a really beautiful nighttime shot of the hospital ship up from below. It's just dumping sewage out of the bottom.
1: <laughs> just,
0: just, just like medical waste. medical waste.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you do not want to park your car underneath <laughs> that thing. <laughs> Trust me.
0: I only did that once. <coughs> like that time we parked under the one tree in Echo Park where all the parrots hang out. Yeah. Never again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Lost of the deposit on that rental.
0: So uh, Dr. Mark is going around with a tube of uh, neon light looking for Tebis. It's a blue light.
1: What does it do? Trans
0: turns blue. And uh, asks the uh, allocator where he's at because the, the cot that Tebis had been in is uh has got a different person in it, and uh, it tells him it, that uh Tebus is now on level white. So he turns to Voji and he's like, So, what's up with level white? Sounds great, sounds nice and clean and crisp. <laughs> Gotta be better than blue, am I right? <laughs> yeah, like even even higher, right?
1: This TC went through the roof. We cut to below the floating station, and it's just. <laughs> <boom>. <laughs> <laughs> a body bag with <laughs> Devis's body drops from below. It drops onto a car and sets off its alarm.
0: It's like that scene in Con Air where they dump Dave Chappelle's body out with a note written on him. I haven't seen that movie in too long. <laughs> oh man,
1: Con Air should be a should be a bonus hip. Yeah, yeah, we should we should do that. That'd be good.
0: Chelik initially sort of plays the fool, like, what's the complaint? Like, a patient died? I mean, it happens all the time. This is a hospital where most of our patients don't have enough money to pay and therefore don't get treated. Let me look him up. And then, you know, it turns out he actually knows who Tebis is and what he represents to Dr. Mark. Chelik is very pissed off about all of these unauthorized injections, and so he sort of saw to it that Tebis would, would succumb to a secondary complication that would have been easily treated if anybody had noticed.
1: Let me ask you a question. Do you think that Tebis did succumb to a secondary issue and died from it? Or do you think he was murdered by Chelik or one of his henches? Or behind door number three, like, he was given too many injections by the doctor and that is what caused him to die. Oh. Like, what do you think of either of those options? Because I think Chalik is intentionally murky about what exactly happened. But I feel like if he was more specific about what happened and specific about the doctor being the reason, that would have added some real sauce to this episode. Yeah. You didn't know he was allergic to this? (laughs) (laughs) You pumped him full of it.
0: Yeah. I guess I don't have a super clear read on that, but I also kind of love that this episode lets you live in that ambiguity. I think there's some bravery in that.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't think so.
0: (laughs) Your honor, I rest my case. (laughs) <laughs> Chelix,
1: like hey i'm trying to run a society here yeah i mean and and i'm the one to make these decisions oh and also everyone on level red is being sent home and uh that the doctor really doesn't like this
0: it's a great illustration of uh the idea that crime is a social construct right like if you steal 200 dollars from your job you get arrested and thrown in jail if your job withholds from your paycheck. You don't really have much recourse on that. Yeah,
1: man. Me too.
0: (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. So the, the other shoe drops in this conversation and Chalik explains that the allocator is going to now be paying a much closer attention to what Mark is up to moment to moment. Here's what I think the allocator is the worst boss I've ever had.
1: <laughs> Holy shit, the allocator has like a stopwatch? Yeah. And it's moving the doctor around all willy nilly?
0: The medical hologram will now commence treatment on level blue. Kind of reminds me of that episode of Lower Decks where Captain Freeman put everybody on timers. Oof.
1: Yeah, if there's a timer involved,
0: get out. I hate those levels in video games where, like, you have like five minutes to complete this task or whatever. Yeah, fuck that! Give me a break. That level in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where you had to
1: to defuse the little bombs. Oh yeah, when you're underwater. You can't get to them all. There's no way. There's too many. There's too many. It's not fair. I always got stuck there.
0: That was my Kobayashi Maru.
1: Yeah, I never got past that. <laughs> So back on Voyager, Gar is in the brig, and he's being interrogated by Tuvok, who is threatening torture by mind meld. And then Neelix rolls up and you're like, oh, thank God Neelix is here for some reason. It's chow time, that's why he's there. Except the food makes Gar sick. And it's then that you realize that this is torture too. They're
0: both there to
1: torture Gar. Relax. He's just having gas pains.
0: Do you think that this is a consequence of Tuvix? Like, somehow, like, the willingness to torture, the willingness to commit crimes against humanity... If you could only hear yourselves. ...came out of that combination of them? I don't think either of them was a torturist going into that experience. Torturist?
1: Yeah. I like that. (laughs) What an artful term (laughs)
0: Jesus Ben Like who's more unethical (laughs) Is the food poisoner Or the forced mind melder Like the worst person in this scene
1: I can tell you who's moron And that's Neelix (laughs)
0: But he's moron
1: like a fox
0: Mm. Because
1: this amount of gas Does not agree with Gar And Gar will do anything to get this gas out of him. Like tell them where he took and sold the doctor.
0: Yeah, he's like, he's literally like ripping ass on the floor like begging to be saved from this.
1: Just a brutal, brutal torture scene that will haunt me for the rest of my days.
0: Yeah, that's, that is uh, a key
1: fear of yours. Can you imagine death by gas? Oh. You know that's happened. I'm sure. I just wish I could fart. I'm giving you an order. I'm giving you an order. Is that understood? I'm giving you an order. I'm you, and you have just
0: crossed the line. Gar played by John Cassier, who you know as the voice of the crypt keeper, Adam.
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Good pull. Yeah. It's your lucky day, fella.
0: Pretty fun: I mean, he's, he's, it seems like he kind of like makes most of his living as a voice actor from uh, from looking at his IMDB, but uh,
1: Hey, that's a good
0: living.: Fun that he got to put on some loaf and rip some dirty farts for uh, Star Trek Voyager.
1: Back over at the red level, Voji, he's just falling apart. Yeah. He can't deal with this. He's got, he's got all these discharges to manage. and like this is the worst possible time to get called to level blue to help with the surgery, but there he goes. Yeah, But it's a trick, because the doctor's there to greet, and it's clear Voji's never been to Level Blue. He's blown away by this place.
0: Like, oh, man, you guys really got it made in the shade up here. It's almost like a Federation hospital up here. Yeah. Doc's got a plan.
1: He needs Voji to agree to smuggle his mobile emitter out of there. And Voji's like, already unzipping his pants. And the doc's <laughs> like, no, 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 I've got this case. Put it in the case. Not your keister.
0: Yeah. Keister, not necessary for this one. Also, it's kind of a tortilla shape and size. I don't think you want this in your butt, dude. <laughs> yeah. He
1: gets with the program. Like, yeah. just as the allocator's about to to move him along, into that case he goes. Yeah. And on level red, we find the doctor working just like normal. And Chelik rolls up, and he is pissed.
0: I love the swagger that Larry Drake has when he walks up catching Mark
1: you know what you're hiring when you're hiring Larry Drake that kind of swagger
0: oh man this guy can walk man
1: you want to know something that I that I read is that uh, the artist known as Drake took his his name from Larry Drake like so inspired was he by Larry Drake and his many great performances <laughs> oh man yeah is this an nth degree yeah Sneaking into a measure of a man. So every time you hear something uh, by Drizzy, (laughs) just think of Larry Drake. Yeah. yeah. And that gravitas. Not so much gravitas that it saves him from getting knocked the fuck out by the doctor.
0: Yeah, he gets an injection for his trouble. And uh, this is like a neural blocker plus virus. It's the uh, thing that the adrenochrome treats on red level that he's been injected with. But it also has Tebis biomarkers in it. So when the allocator is consulted about what kind of medication Chellick can get, it's like, no, this guy has low T. Can't give him adrenochrome. Adam, it's a pretty vivid illustration of how unfair this whole situation has become. I mean, we're just getting comeuppance after comeuppance. Like...
1: All over the place. From here until the end of the episode. Yeah. Isn't it a little hypocritical, though, for the doctor to make it seem as though Chellick's life is not worth saving in order to save other
0: people? Hmm. I wonder if the episode will interrogate that any further. Hmm. Hmm. Janeway gets on the phone with the allocator and... You know, it's like when you call like an airline and it's just nothing but AI, phone tree bullshit. Yeah, You can never get a real person.
1: Your wooden medallion isn't speeding you to the front of that line. No.
0: It really sucks. And so they kind of decide to take matters into their own hands. Uh, Meanwhile, Dr. Itzin shows up at Chelik's bedside and is like, oh man, what's wrong with this guy? And Chellick is like, you're the head medical guy. You've got to get me that adrenochrome injection, man. And he's like, man, I wish I could. This is peak
1: Itsen, isn't it? Like, yeah. this was the president he played on 24 season after season. <laughs> like, this, this <laughs> yeah. type of twerp. Like, I think what's so great about this performance, again, in an episode that I think is dog shit, because that's what the coin tells me to say, Uh-huh. is that... I'm not sure I entirely believe that he believes what he's doing here. You know how like in every awful administrative machine, there has to be those who just go along with it. Right. I feel like whatever is happening to him scene to scene is what he's going to go along with.
0: It's like uh, like he is doing this because it's how the game is played, not because it's what he believes in his heart of hearts. He's going to be fine in the end
1: and he's making those decisions the entire way.
0: God, it's like a straight white guy voting. (laughs)
1: I'm sure everyone appreciates that.
0: (laughs) I'm not saying straight white guys shouldn't vote. I'm just saying, (laughs) don't do bad shit when you vote. How great is Larry Drake from this moment
1: all the way until the end? Because, you know, he's been sitting upright or standing up most of the episode, but you get him laying down on a bed, fighting for his life... Really great performance by Larry Drake.
0: So, Janeway is like, we got to send somebody down there because we're not getting anything through this phone tree. She orders Torres to be on the away team and then she turns to Chicote and she's like, Chicote, you go too. And he like almost can't believe it. And he stands up and like all of the like halves of pencils (laughs) fall off of his lap and he like dusts off a bunch of sawdust and, you know, graphite powder and stuff. Walks through the pile of other broken pencils that are on the floor all around him. He's kind of limping because one of his legs fell asleep.
1: He's been sitting in that chair for so long, not doing anything. Chicote, you get to do something this episode.
0: <laughs> Sounds great. And so the away team beams down, dust busters out. The doctor's like, cool, I'll be with you guys in a moment. I'm, I'm in the middle of some shit.
1: Yeah. And the shit he's in the middle of is attempting to murder Celik. Yeah. To make his point. Can you imagine being about to die and having Gregory Itzen start explaining to you about quarterly budgets?
0: <laughs> 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 oh, man, what an awful way to go. So the policy change that they get him to enact is everybody that has this disease that gets treated with adrenochrome automatically gets put on level blue from now on. And because he has it, he also gets to go and get treated. It doesn't really solve the problem of the ills of his society.
1: Yeah, do you get a sense for how many of these
0: ships exist around this planet too? I feel like they it it gets like number checked as like number 42. So maybe there's lots and lots of them, but I don't know.
1: I hate that about this episode.
0: I kind of liked it. I got a big problem with that. That's another bit of ambiguity that I really appreciated as brave. Yeah. They warp away. Now the doctor's on board and he's giving Seven of Nine a checkup and then uh, turns the tables on her and asks her to give him a checkup. She gives him a surprisingly clean bill of ethical health. He is quite troubled by the behavior he engaged in down on that planet but uh it turns out like for all of the debate about like oh like you know we have limited resources so this is the way we've decided to meter them out for the greater good turns out mark was greater gooding better than all of them truly really true
1: 7 of 9's like cool take your lollipop
0: <laughs> like <laughs> and that's when you realize the episode was told in reverse cuz the lollipop is super big in this scene but it was really small at the beginning of the episode
1: it almost got past me the whole idea of all the way up until this moment it's been the doctor that's been so flip about sevens many problems and you reverse the two here and it's seven being like that eh, fine rub some dirt on it nothing wrong here <laughs> and that's the end Ben did you like this episode have a feeling you did. You know, I'm really easy to get along with
0: most of
1: the time. But I don't like bullets, I don't like friends, and I don't like you. I'm
0: Mr. I loved this episode, Adam. I thought it was a searing indictment of the horrible inequities of our current medical system. And, uh, and I say current because even though this episode came out 23 years ago... We still have many of these same problems in our society, despite major legislation that has tried to tackle some of these issues. It's still a big, big problem. And uh, I salute the writers for uh, tackling it in a really inventive Star Trekky way. And I especially salute the casting director of this episode. Man, what a fun cast of guest actors. Holy yeah. crap.
1: Yeah. Can you imagine getting uh, both an Itzen and a Drake Unset And a fucking... Like, they got the Crypt Keeper for this one. The Crypt Keeper! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotta imagine, pretty popular around the craft table. Oh, man. Do some more Crypt Keeper stuff. <laughs> well, Ben, I thought this episode was a pile of shit. Yeah, I kind of got that sense. And the coin makes that true to me. It's an episode about torture, isn't it? Mm. The doctor torturing Chelik being maybe the most surprising form of it. Tuvok and Neelix earlier in the brig, obviously, participating in in their own former torture.
0: Veteran of uh, performing on 24, Gregory Itzen, is no stranger to being in TV shows that celebrate the use of torture.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I thought that show was a big amount of fun at the time. (laughs) I mean, it introduced me to the great Gregory Itzen. It can't be Uh all bad. (laughs) Like most... Very special Star Trek episodes that ask interesting questions. This episode doesn't answer any of them because that is what Star Trek does a lot of the time. Is uh, They don't have any solutions to our problems. This is the depiction of, of one of the major ones in our society. Why don't you fix something, Star Trek? <laughs> instead of just standing around. If you got time to episode, you got time to clean. that's what i'll say case closed
0: (laughs) i just read an amazing piece of trivia about this episode the the prop for the allocator that was on the level blue part of uh the hospital ship was used as the drink dispenser in the enterprise nx01's mess hall On Star Trek Enterprise. It does look drink-shaped when that little door opens up. Yeah. Looks like you could grab a can out of there. Guess you could say, it's been a long time getting from there to here.
1: It's been a long time that we've taken before getting to Priority One Messages. Why don't we get over there?
0: Let's do it. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental yeah, it's extra. But the interest alone, could be enough to buy this ship.
1: Ben, our first Priority One message is of a promotional nature. That message goes like this. All your episodes are gold, but hammered episodes are latinum. Wow. Currently, in Game of Buttholes, if you roll past mornhammered, there is no power hour. In this P1 not selling stuff. I'm selling the idea to reprogram the game where rolling past Mornhammered equals landing on it. I, too, am an aging human. I understand the physical toll and the disruption to your production schedule in life when you get that drunk. But what my theory presupposes is a slight increase of your suffering is worth it for our entertainment <laughs> Mike is an idea salesman and uh, wow. and on his commercial P1 he has sold the change to the game of buttholes that would make uh, rolling past the Mornhammered square impossible
0: wow so you have to do it if you get to the end of the board game
1: interesting idea Mike I'm okay with it, I gotta say. I'm fine with that. (laughs) The call to action is I accidentally listened to a Mournhammered episode at .7 speed. Highly recommended. You go from slightly drunk to 2 a.m. Dive bar after divorce drunk. (laughs)
0: Wow. That's great. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
1: Gonna have to crack open a pack of divorce dad trading cards.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you got to. Got to get the house. <laughs> oh. Come on, we house. house. <laughs> I don't want to ask uh, Colin Anderson to do any extra work on the game of buttholes, but uh, I'm I, I'm for this proposal. I think this is a good proposal.
1: Uh, I would say uh, remove the tub square and add another Mornhammered square. And maybe that's, <laughs> that's how we resolve this. What do you think? <laughs> There's got to be squares we don't want to do or the game isn't fun. I think we should make this project as enjoyable as possible. No suffering.
0: No suffering! Hmm. I don't know. That doesn't seem like your, your way. You'll, Adam, come on. You're going to find a way to suffer. I don't know, man. <laughs> I've changed. Wow. Our next Priority One message is from Chris, and it is to Ben and Adam. Goes like this. Came down with COVID two days before your Denver show.
1: Mm. I remember meeting you, Chris,
0: at that Denver show. (laughs) (laughs) Big hug. Here are the scarves I would have probably spent on taxis, dinner, and drinks. I would try to pass my ticket on to a friend, but I'm a little bit embarrassed about having tickets to a Star Trek podcast. Break a leg. Come back to Denver soon.
1: Oh, Chris. Oh, Chris.
0: You missed a great
1: show in Denver.
0: Yeah, that was that was a, a really great one. Really, I think, sold to us that we had been away from Denver for far too long. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be back soon, I hope. Sorry you got COVID. I hope you're feeling better, buddy.
1: Yeah, you missed just an awesome show. Like I, When I think about that show, it's hard to think of a better one we've ever done. No, I think
0: that was the best one. You're right.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Hope you feel better now, Chris. (laughs) Ben, we've got a final priority one message, and it goes like this. I and my senior officers would like to congratulate both of you for completing your international tour and sharing your embarrassment with friends of DeSoto around the world. We raise our hooves and salute you. And in honor of your accomplishment, Chief O'Brien Trout.
0: I am Chief Miles Edward O'Brien. This is fucking spectacular.
1: And also, since there are still more characters left, Moopsie. Moopsie. Aww. So this was sent in by Captain DeSoto and the crew of the Friends of DeSoto Mastodon uh, with the requested date of being after when the tour is over. Hey. What a nice thing to do to celebrate the end of a crucible. Of live shows that we've done.
0: <laughs> it has been a, a really fun tour. Got yeah, one more early next year in San Francisco.
1: Yeah, learned a lot, did a lot of great shows. Gonna feel great when we uh, tie a big bow on this one. Yeah. So thanks to uh, everyone over at the Mastodon for observing that achievement. Thank you. Hey, are you trying to assuage the feeling of missing a live show or? Maybe you have great ideas about the board game. Maybe you want us to do an impression or you want to celebrate a relationship or yeah. a beloved pet. Go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. Put some words in our mouths. Help support the show. It's easy to do. Do it today. Hey, Adam. What's in. Ben? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk, drunk Shimoda! Shimoda! I just think that everything about... Jim O'Hare's performance as Cuck Husband mm. is great. He is 10 <laughs> out of, he gets 15 seconds in this episode and he takes it. He takes it for himself. He goes 10 out of 10 on this performance. He's really in a way. Yeah. And it makes me in a way with him. He's just the best. I'm gonna make him my drunk Shimoda for that. What a performance.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I, th- I also thought the costuming that they put him in was just <laughs> really funny. It was like kind of a bad shirt that had just some like space shit on it. <laughs> what I didn't like was the adulteress. Like
1: her setup is just nothing but plants. Like, like yeah. here's potted palms.
0: Right. She's like on Risa or the Delta Quadrant equivalent. Yeah. You know, she's just like a sex pot that's like, ooh, wouldn't you? <laughs> you <know? laughs>
1: I mean, nothing nothing says sex like potted palm,
0: right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. The sexiest plant. Always makes me horny. Is this your idea of sex? So what was yours? Was yours also? Uh, yeah, I joined you on the Jim O'Hare okay. square. Hey, great. Good place to be. Yeah. do it, do it. Do it. Ah! All right, Adam. Next week... We've got to find out how we are going to be recording. And uh, let me tell you what we are going to be recording. It's Season 7, Episode 6, Inside Man. Starfleet Lieutenant Barclay's hologram convinces Janeway to pursue a dangerous, untested plan to bring Voyager home. What's the title of this episode? Inside Man. Oh, isn't
1: that your college nickname?
0: (laughs) absolutely brutal, <laughs> off the top rope. <laughs> Jesus.
1: Ben, our runabout is uh, is pulsing on the face of Philippa Louvois. Mm. All right. Reminding us that we both just did a Measure of a Man episode. That's square 87, three squares ahead. We've got a The Traveler episode. That would propel us five squares past his face.
0: You're required to learn as you play. Roll.
1: Let's see what happens. Let's see. Ben, I've rolled a two. Chula! Did I win? Hardly. That puts us on square 89. It's a regular old episode. It's also the doorstep of the traveler square. That's it. Okay. Regular rep. All right. Uh,
0: Regular rep next week. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who supports the show. Maximumfun.org slash join. Thanks to uh, everybody who shares the show with a friend or leaves a nice review on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. But especially Apple Podcasts.
1: Saw a lot of friends on tour. Wasn't that fun? Yeah. Like folks bringing people to the show to expose them to that whole thing. That's always a trip. It was great.
0: Hey. Hope you have uh, a great holiday season, restful holiday season. We're going to keep bringing the episodes. There's going to be an episode next week. I haven't checked what day it is, but uh but it's happening.
1: It's the 18th of December today. Yeah. That's where we're at.
0: So what's one week from today? Is that a big date or or not? Nah?
1: Yeah, for a lot of people.
0: Oh, unremarkable date. I think it's great. Cool. Yeah. Well, so if you like, you know, need to go take a very long poop and a Avoid your family. We're going to mm. be there for you. Yeah, we really will. We're not going anywhere. That's because of the friends of DeSoto who support at MaximumFun.org join. Yeah.
1: Rain or shine, thick or thin, holiday season or not, five bucks a month keeps this thing going.
0: We gotcha. I also got to thank Adam Ragusea for all the original music on this show, Dark Materia for the original theme song Bill Tilly the card daddy for running the At Greatest Trek social media accounts gotta thank Nick Ditmore for our artwork the whole crew yeah go check out uh, all the many communities online buy something at podshop.biz check out uh, other shows on maximumfun.org for example Greatest Trek our new Star Trek <laughs> podcast Greatest Trek love that show yeah a good one With that, we will be back at you next week with another great episode of Star Trek Voyager, an episode of the greatest generation Voyager. It stars Denzel in a great hat.
1: Excited for that one. I think so. I
0: think so.